Mary! <laughs> I lost it at the end. I know, right? You're like weeping by the end of it. <laughs> this is Hey Beautiful, the podcast where we binge and recap every episode of How I Met Your Mother. No spoilers. So suit up, grab a sandwich, and settle in. Hey, girl. <laughs> a little bit of a more somber intro. Like, I'm laughing. It's not funny, but it's, it's just... Yeah, it's just like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, so Caitlin and I were just talking before we started this, and so and we figured we should probably talk about it in public, because that's not done enough, especially to white ladies. Um, mm-hmm. So I couldn't I couldn't believe the, the coincidence of us talking about Little Minnesota the week that George Floyd was fucking brutally murdered in Minnesota. Um, brutally and slowly and I mean, I don't want to traumatize our black listeners, so I won't I won't go into it. If you if you don't know what happened, you can Google it. Um, but like so many police officers just standing and watching it happen too. I mean, it was just like I feel like this some sort of a tide is is turning or some sort of a something is peeled back and I'm seeing a lot more people in my circle at least talking about police brutality Same. which is which is great. I'm very very happy about it. Um but just a couple little things. First of all, if you're feeling helpless right now, that's normal. Um, and a great way to help is to donate to, well, there's not really much we can do because George Floyd is dead, right? Like, I saw someone say, um, I don't remember who it was, um, she said that justice would be him alive. So everything after that is just accountability. So oh. you can call the Minnesota um the officials in Minnesota and and push for the fucking shitbag officers to be arrested. They've been fired, but they haven't been arrested. I know the mayor of Minneapolis is pushing for it. So call and thank him. Call the district attorney's office and and tell them that this fucking guy deserves to be in jail forever. Um, besides that, besides like the direct accountability, you can also donate. And I did this today. You can donate to the Minnesota Freedom Fund, um, which helps folks get out of jail instead of rotting there when they're waiting for their hearings. So minnesotafreedomfund.org, because jail is terrible and black people are put there way, way more than white people. And our system is broken and terrible. Um, You can also become a member of the NAACP, which is another thing I did this week. I hadn't even thought to do that. Um, It's only $30 a year. Really? And yeah, and so you'll be you I didn't know, even... kept up to date on all kinds of things like this, all kinds of um, social justice and action. I mean, it was founded. It was founded way back as a as a way for Black and white people to come together to to oh, help to okay. help Black folks. So I I did that as well. I you know I don't feel better, but I at least it's something. Um, it's an action. It's something. It's something you can do. Um, if you're in Minneapolis, stay safe. I know that there's a lot going on there right now. If you are white, get out there. Mm-hmm. 
because cops probably won't shoot you. <laughs> I'll just say it like that. We need to start. We need to start putting our bodies on the line along I've, alongside uh, uh, black people because this is like. This is just horrible. I mean, and then there's Brianna Taylor in Louisville who was shot in her bed. So this is a really heavy week. And I know that, that this podcast is about fun, um, but I know that I'm feeling feeling this deeply. And I know that um, I've seen both a, a tide turn and that that more people are talking about it. I've also seen some of my my black friends um being a lot more vocal about this stuff. Mm. Like I, something has, something has switched, right. And snapped and it's, it's good in the long run. It'll be good, but it's just a very heavy week. Um, so to the, to, to our white listeners, I will say whatever you are feeling, process it with your white friends. Yeah, (laughs) please do that. I know you want to reach out and I know you want to apologize and all of that, but Ooh, not the time process with your with your white folks with your family and friends who need to hear more about this um and just you know let people feel what they're feeling and don't try to jump in and correct them like i like today i posted something and someone said but what about the good cops right not all cops are bad Literally no one, uh, most people are not saying that all cops are bad, right? There's, there is a, there is like a very radical sect, um, who believes all cops are bad, you know, whatever. I often feel that way because this is fucking horrible, but the point is not, you're not making a point when you say that you're not doing anything because most people don't believe all cops are bad. But when you do that, you distract from the bad cops being held accountable, because then we're supposed to worry about these good cops and their feelings. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Was it you, maybe, or um, maybe one of my other friends had posted, um, like, maybe, like, ten cops in a thousand are bad, mm. but if the others don't speak up, then they're all bad. Yeah, like If you don't right. talk about the bad cops, like, if you just keep continuing to yes. say that. That was me, and that was the post that somebody commented okay, on. Okay, was you? Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the posts, the, it's a tweet, and it's up on my Instagram okay. now. That like, if you I have see it, if you have ten bad cops and a thousand good cops, but those thousand good cops don't say anything to condemn those ten, they're all bad. And someone took that as uh, you're saying all cops are bad, and what about my friends in law enforcement? Now, to this person's credit. They inboxed me and then listened to reason and took their comment down because I said, like I said, like there is no argument. What is the purpose of this? Like you're not you're not changing anybody's mind. You're just distracting and you're centering the feelings of people who are doing just fine. It you're just like Barney says in this episode. Now he's just stating facts when Ted says, Mm. like, you're my sister. Yes. Like. They're, you're just stating yep. facts. Yeah. Also, just I just want to say, since you talked about donating, I joined the NAACP <gasps> and I also just donated to the Minnesota Freedom Fund. Thank you. So Kayla. see how easy that is, friend, uh, friends. All while I was just spouting. All while you were spouting, it's like let me do something because and you know what I feel, um, I, I don't feel better, but like I did some. You did something. I took a step. Yeah. I mean, I we're tried. not. 
We're not in Minneapolis, I'm not right? I'm patting myself on the back, friends. Right. Please, please. We're like we're in the suburbs of our states where, you know, there is no no active clash with the police happening. So we're doing what we can. We're we're doing something with our privilege, which is money. Mm-hmm. And we're just mm-hmm. trying to make something happen. I will leave you with one final thing before we go into the episode. Your gut, your gut instinct is probably racist. And I know that because mine is. So a lot of times, and that we're all born that way because we're just being raised in a society that is programmed to protect and benefit white pe- from, yeah. Yeah, protect yeah. white people and benefit from pushing everybody else down. So when you see a post that says something about white people or something about cops, you might feel this gut reaction to defend yourself, other white people, cops. Ignore that gut reaction. That gut reaction is not who you are. Let those little hurt feelings go and listen to the to the words that someone is saying and hear them. My gut is racist. Your gut is racist. We need to acknowledge that or we're never going to get anywhere like that fucking bitch in Central Park. Liberal Democrat. Yeah. OK, we all have it. It's a disease. We all have it. So just let that first feeling pass because it's not you. You are better than that first feeling. And please, please, please do not call the cops on black people. Don't do it. Do not do it. Mind your business. Go away. Do not call the fucking cops. That is not the answer. Even boy endorses that statement. Yeah, he's crying (laughs) about it. Yeah, he says, I agree. I know, Bubba. Well, you're stuck in here because mom's outside. Um, okay, that's all I wanted to say. Um, Thanks for saying that. You always have such good words for my feelings. They're just like <laughs> swirling. My, like I was telling Caitlin, uh, I learned in therapy that my anxiety manifests as feeling things, feeling other people's feelings as deeply as I feel my own. So I'm just constantly thinking about shit. I'm sure other people agree and understand. Um And, you know, I'm sure that this conversation is going to make us lose some followers and listeners. I don't give a shit. I haven't given a shit since day one because this is this is our podcast and I'm making it for people in 2020 who give a shit about social justice on top of how I met your mother. You know, just like if you fucking get it. You know what I mean? I'm going to talk about the problematic shit in the show that I love. And I'm going to talk about problematic shit in the country that I love. Because you can do you can do both. Both of those things can happen. Yes. It is so, okay. Uh, and if you want to start a How I Met Your Mother podcast where you can, where you just like ignore the trauma <laughs> that's <laughs> happening, by all means. By all means. But for now, you're stuck with us. <laughs> Unless you start your own. So, um, yeah, that's, that's it for the, for the bummer of the week. Um, we love you guys. We hope you're taking care of yourselves. This is a lot. This is a lot on top of the pandemic. So, um, it, it is, I know let's try to just reset here. We're here to help you guys feel better and do some over the head claps. 
Yes. Over the, over the head Pumping claps. Up. Pumping it up. Yeah. Pump it going. All right. So, uh, uh, um, we're here. Happy birthday, Caitlin. There's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Thank There's you. There's a wonderful thing. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the on this planet and everything. It was like so lovely. I felt so loved. So oh, good. So loved. Yeah. You it deserve. Awesome. You deserve. Thank you. Thank um, you. Yeah. It, I'm just so glad you're here. I'm glad we're best friends. I'm glad we've gotten so much closer because of this show. I know. Um, and it's hard to believe we ever weren't this close, you know? Yeah. Like, And we weren't not close, but we would just, like, see each other when we saw each other. And it was just, like, definitely not like this. No. So. I see you way more than my family. This is the <laughs> same, bitch. So this is this is a beautiful thing to come yeah. out of come out of this project. Um, it really is. It's my favorite part of this. Right? It's yeah, so like I said to you early times, like, I just can't wait to see you. And I'm so pumped to see you today and Saturday. I know. Oh, yeah, Saturday. Um, this definitely won't be out by Saturday. No. But uh, we are doing a live watch of Slap Bet. Woo! So hopefully you guys watched it. Which is also funny because there's, like, I, I get uh, there's some overlap with Slap Bet and this episode of the ending with Marshall's karaoke. That's song. right. That's right. So it's everything's like, very timely, very yeah. timely um, in good and bad ways. Um, thank you again to Juliet Rice mm -hmm. for her lovely interview last time. And if you guys are not already Patreon members, the interview is awesome and it's long and she just gave us so much great background and stories so head over to patreon and join so you can listen bucks. it's absolutely worth the two bucks um and speaking of we have two new patrons joe Woo! and jeff so Yay. thank you both for joining welcome to the patreon family that's right that's right <clears throat> Yeah, make sure to uh, stay tuned at the end of the episode for legendary moments from patrons who get their entire Legmo read out loud, no That's matter right. the length. And some That's of you right. have tested us, <laughs> and some of you are kind. Um, but yeah, stay tuned uh, for at the end of the episode for legendary moments from this week's episode. All right, let's talk about Little Minnesota. This episode of Hey Beautiful is brought to you by our Patreon Almighty Five level members, Russell, Tish, Johnny, Zet, and Ben. Thanks to all of our patrons for their support of this show. Remember, our Patreon works on a sliding scale. You give what you can each month and you'll receive all the perks we offer, like private live streams with us and monthly book recommendations. Join for as little as $2 a month at patreon.com slash heybeautifulpod. This is season four, episode 11, Little Minnesota. It first aired December 15th, 2008, which technically kind of makes it the Christmas episode. Um, mm hmm. Which is I know. Weird. I forgot. It, I forgot it was a holiday episode. Same. But I Same. think that's because I completely forgot about the Heather storyline. I didn't realize that was in this episode. Mm hmm. Agreed. It was written by Chuck Tatham. Uh, he wrote Dual Citizen in season five, and we'll see him once or twice until the end of the series. And this is a um, mild spoiler for season seven, Ooh. but it's here's something interesting. So Chuck Tatham writes this episode, and in it, he makes a joke about Weird Al. Yes. He plays Peculiar Jacques <gasps> in season seven. Oh, He's the face cool. on the, yeah. I love Which, that. So I thought that was kind of like a funny sort of 
that's worth that's, yeah that's worth saying here i think yeah that jack jack complimented me on it he said that was an interesting fact about the episode i love it i love yeah. it peculiar Thank jack you. yeah and as always or mostly always directed by our girl pam fryman yay now we haven't mentioned it too much but i am going to call out barney's blog post um, it's like a Dear Santa letter, you know, his little Christmas wish list. Hang on. Chuck Tatham is also Canadian. I just confirmed. <gasps> so that's why he wrote this episode. <laughs> perfect. And perfect. dual citizenship. Like, yes, all the Canadian oh, perfect. shit. Perfect. Oh, right. I love that. That's awesome. Right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Barney's blog is his um, wish list for Santa, and on it is the Forgetting Sarah Marshall DVD. So that's oh. really the only reason I'm mentioning it. Little wink. Yeah, I thought that was really sweet. So we open up the episode with Robin joining everybody dressed like it's a spring day in jeans and a t-shirt instead of December in New York, which is very, very cold. And I mentioned, I'm like, I guess this is the Christmas episode, and Lily's got on a giant pregnancy vest. I was going to say, this is Allison Hannigan's the first glimpse of her being pregnant in season four. Yep. She's She'll wear that, that again. Mm-hmm, that big, chunky vest. Yep, yep. That she's got on. And Ted shows up at the bar and announces, you know, Hurricane Heather's landfall. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, he sounds like such a fucking Virgo. Yeah. And then I Googled it. He's a Taurus. So, mm. her it's not. You know, it just. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, the, whole like, thing, uh, the whole episode is just hysterical. Like, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll talk later about my, why he's obviously doing this, but yeah, it's really hard to listen to. So yeah, I, I said that, you know, Ted is being so way harsh, but mm-hmm. it's probably frustrating for Ted, I guess, who works really hard and he probably thinks his sister just walks through life in really nice shoes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, is that what is that Schitt's from? Creek. Schitt's Creek. That's I don't right. skate through life, David. I walk through life in really nice shoes. <laughs> Ew, David. <laughs> um yeah, and I, I think that I mean one of the main themes I think of this episode, I mean it's pretty they kind of hit you over the head with it, but just like that family dynamic of never being able to outgrow the person your family thinks you are. Oh, yes. You know, like always feeling like you're a baby sister. Yeah. And then like protesting too much. And like, so you can just never be, you can never advance past what the, like the box your family has put you in. And that's, I think that that was why it was hard to watch this episode. Cause I mean, I feel like everybody feels that sometimes. Oh, I felt really uncomfortable watching it. It was like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, like, yeah. a lot of personal notes throughout this episode yeah, that I'm right. not going to. It was just more cathartic for me to write about it. <laughs> right, and then share it with my therapist later. Yeah. Um, yeah, but also, I mean, I think that clearly people do that to other people in their family as sort of, like, this power move, right? It's, mm-hmm. like, this dynamic thing. So, yeah, we'll talk about that a little more later. Um, I did want to point out that Marshall is also in a T-shirt, Yes. At the bar. So, yeah, they're setting that up early, Uh which I love. Um, We get to hear about Heather and all the mistakes she makes Mm -hmm. and how it took her six years to graduate. And she went to three different college, crashed two cars, was married for five days, sat in a tree. Nobody was planning on cutting down for nine weeks. Hey, Ted, how long were you married? Right. 
he's just like this, this he can get mad at. The last time she wanted to move to New yes. York, she was going to transfer to NYU. Yep. She sold his couch and TV to pay for tickets for a Nine Inch Nails concert in Spain. That you can get mad about. That's bad. That's bad. But That's the rest rough. of it, how did any of that affect you? Like, mm-hmm. I, I guess, guess. What were you going to say? I would say, like, unless mom and dad rescued her every exactly. time. And, and you didn't get rescued. Well, and I thought you didn't need it, Ted. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's what my mom would say. I mm. thought you didn't need it. Uh-huh. Maybe I did, Mom. Maybe Wait, I, I did. Sorry. I said it was a good Here we go. Just putting our own shit out there. It's going to be a great one, guys. <laughs> I'm really emotionally raw right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. oh, all right. Anyway. Um, meanwhile, Ted has been working really, really hard to keep Barney apart because... Ever since he first saw Heather on a Christmas card in 2005, he has wanted to fuck her. Mm-hmm. And he has all of these songs, which are just awful, but, like, I love them, too, because yeah. it's, Neil Patrick Harris just, like, just s- fucking sells it. I'm, like, yeah, of course. bouncing up and down right now, like, when he starts singing. And the song they're just good. I love them. I yeah, thought they were really great. clever. Um, Heather finally arrives at the bar, and they head up to the apartment. Um, of course, I love she mentions how, like, cold it is. She has said, said something about that. Yep. Um, meanwhile, Barney has, like, tried to call Ted a couple times, and he won't answer. Yeah. And they head up chill. to the apartment, <laughs> and then Barney swivels around in his rented chair. Yep. And I love, so I, I paused it for a second, and I'm looking at the group, because you see everyone standing next to each other, and everybody is so bundled. And then yeah. there's Robin and Marshall. And you can just see, like, their bare arms. So it's even more comical. Yeah. Um, <coughs> so it's just really cute there. But anyway, so Barney introduces himself to Heather Mosby, who is played by Erin Cahill. Um, okay. She played a pink Power Ranger. And she's <gasps> in, like, early, like, the 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She looks like... Um, She's pretty active. Her IMDb, there's a lot of, like, pending stuff. Yeah. Um, she clearly has a Hallmark Christmas movie type oh, face because she was yes. in Hometown Christmas, Last Vermont Christmas, Christmas no. on the Range, no. Random Acts of Christmas, also a, a Valentine's Day movie called The Secret Ingredient, which is oh. kind of fascinating to me because you don't get a lot of Valentine's ones. My God. And can you see me right now? Yes. Okay, and she was in the Beverly Hills Chihuahua movies and Great. in a short movie with Kevin Spacey. But it was called The Ventriloquist. No! <laughs> Caitlin just pulled a literal ventriloquist dummy up from <gasps> the abyss. You fucking creep. <laughs> did you see my story on Instagram? Yes, I did. Oh, yeah, I'm we did. so happy. I remember Howdy Doody yeah, vividly from our childhood. I'm um, so pleased. Ha huh, howd. Ha huh, howd. Yeah. Right? yeah. We still this bump. <laughs> and my friend was like, no, my kid said slappy. I'm like, no, that's from Goosebumps. He was a kid's show from like the 30s. Yeah. And she yep. was, oh, he's vintage. I'm like, no, no, he was a remake in the 90s. She was like, oh, that's sad. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like a fake ass one. It's fine. But he's great. He's great. great. Um, great. So Heather's another, apparently another one of those regulars that we never saw. There's like a couple, there's a couple things in this episode that sort of call back to last episode that call back to the fight. So Heather has apparently been there every year, but we've never seen her. We've seen Christmas episodes. We've never seen Heather. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so I don't know when she visits, but again, it's like filling out the other times that were that are not, you know, on screen. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like Doug, right? Like she's there, but not. Um, and also, I don't remember if we ever see her again. <laughs> We don't. This is her okay, one and only great. appearance. And I'm like, what happened to Heather? And I feel like they were, were they trying to set it up where she could be like a series regular because I she was moving know. to New York and then it just like she didn't test well with the Fell audience. through maybe? I don't know. But or yeah, so. Like, Ted and his sister just aren't that close. So why would he be, why would she be in any of his stories? Right. And why do we need, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just funny. I'm, I'm glad they make up. Right. But then you literally never, you don't see her. At all, I won't tell you. There, there are big things in the future that she should be at. So you just kind of assume she's off camera for, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. but it's just very. That's very interesting. I don't feel and like that's says, a spoiler. I want to know you better. Yeah, but we never know her. Right. So this is kind of to me. This feels very. Um, this is like an evergreen episode. Like mm. it could have been dropped into any mm-hmm. any um, season, right? Because there's nothing. There's no plot. That goes anywhere. We don't see really any of the dynamics between people like Ted and Robin living together right. or anything. It's just all it's a it's a cute evergreen holiday episode. Yeah. Lily <clears throat> Lily has like <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I thought your snacking privileges were revoked. <laughs> Quiet. It's fine, he doesn't listen to this. It's fine. I know. <laughs> But he'll hear me choking. Yeah, don't choke, bitch. No choke. Oh, my God. I have birthday cookies. I can't help it. Yum. You know me. I love a cookie. Yeah, me too. <laughs> really hankering for some cookies. Mm. Same. Um, obviously. Anyway, um, I forget what I was going to say. Um, well, I'll say that. So this this sets up the fact that Heather is currently living at home in Ohio. So mm. yeah, she's fucking she's ready to leave for sure. Um Oh, yeah, so Barney said that Ted didn't tell him Heather was in town. Mm-hmm. And, you know, thanks to Lily and, his, and her big mouth, that's how he found out. Yep. Um, but Barney reminds Ted that he's, you know, I said I wouldn't sleep with her, and I meant it. I can joke with her about it as a bro, but I'm not going to do it. And Ted is like, it's my job to protect my sister from guys like you. He's Blech. so fucking weird this episode. Mm-hmm. He's so fucking weird. <laughs> I know. I wanted to say to Lily, like Lily said, like, you're a nice guy, Ted. Like, that's like your best quality. I'm like, this is not you. You're just being creepy and gross. Yeah, I know. And like, he's just so judgy. And I mean, yeah, it's just it's just fucking weird. I do love that Lily (laughs) uh, just as one lot, one secret is revealed. She's like, and Robin's getting you an iPad. Oh, yeah. She just an iPod. They didn't have. Oh, how like um, what a little time capsule, right? Yeah, an right? An iPod, yeah. adorable. Um, or or Barney, like, slowly walking away. Oh, yeah. So, like, <laughs> Barney, like, oh, Barney calls him out on the fact that Ted doesn't trust him or Heather. Yeah, And yeah. he's like, fine, I'll just take my chair, which is a rental, and go. <laughs> and he walks real slow, and Ted finally invites him to the dinner that Barney already knew about and added a fourth reservation, too. So, thanks, Lily. Thanks, Lil. Yeah. Classic Lily, a great a great runner that always comes back around at the right time mm-hmm. is is Lily doing that. So, Robin is homesick, and it's it's Sunday night. So, for some reason, Marshall and Robin don't go to dinner with 
Ted's sister. But I don't care because so, the fucking walleye saloon is the tits. I was wondering if it was really supposed to be just like maybe Lily and Heather are close because they've yeah, been friends for 10 so years. Long, yeah. And it was just supposed to be that. And, and then, then Barney invites himself. Barney crashed it. Potentially, but still, yes. But and I still, mean, Marshall would. But, mean, but maybe there's a game on that Marshall really wanted to watch. And, and it seems like she's in town for a while. Yeah, yeah, right, right, no right. No rush. Right, there's no rush. So you guys go out. I'm going to go to the bar. I, it's, I'm homesick, right? Like, <laughs> go I, Vikes. Go Vikes. Go Vikes. So, um, yeah, you assume. Now that I know more about sports bar culture from dating a lesbian, a super duper lesbian, I am also a lesbian. <laughs> um, yeah, if you're wearing a jersey in the bar, there's a game on, right? Like, that's mm. that's the point, right? True. Also, I found this. I was thinking about this, and I thought it was like interesting to think about. Not really, but yeah. Um, Ted is from Ohio, but definitely considers himself a New Yorker. But Marshall and Robin still like maintain like yeah being Canadian and being from Minnesota. Like that's still hugely important to them. Whereas Ted loves saying that he's from New York and a New Yorker. Like you don't never he's from Ohio. Yeah, yeah. The only time his his Ohio really comes up is. A, when he's pushing down feelings or when he's talking about the fucking Cleveland Browns, like the <gasps> fucking worst team with the worst name, the, Brown. the fucking Browns. Um, but yeah, so it's it's interesting mm. that they're that they're still so proud of it. It does. It makes me think of Liz, of course, who's from Michigan, which isn't Minnesota. But I mean, for all intents and purposes, from out here, it is. Mm-hmm. But that's that same sense of pride, right? Like that same sense of loving where you're from. I'm from Connecticut. I don't give a shit about Connecticut. So I don't, I don't understand it. Like they're, they're very fervent about sports at every level and have like, there's like the state is split on football teams. Like, like fights break out about these fucking teams right mm-hmm. i don't understand that we had one and it was uconn women's basketball and that's it okay <laughs> that's it yeah that's all we give a shit about yeah married a pennsylvanian who's from like <sighs> philly yeah so he obsessive right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. there's a lot yeah we come from the land of no culture um <sighs> the worst fucking state and oh maybe Ohio's kind of like that i mean maybe it's a little less i mean i know michigan would agree with me when i say that because they hate ohio um Chris yeah so too. so speaking of of you know fervent culture mm-hmm. that is hotly protected robin is feeling really homesick so Marshall decides to take her to his bar. His bar. You don't fuck with a man's bar, right? The Walleye Saloon. I was so excited to see it again. Walleye is uh, Minnesota State Fish, of course. Oh, very nice. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he walks in and it's like cheers. Everybody knows him. You know, just very, very... uh, folksy people you know they all know each other it's very tight-knit um it reminds me of liz's hometown where they put up news on the gas station billboard so you know we're usually it'll say like sale on you know doritos or whatever it's it'll be like congrats on your retirement phil like and everyone knows who phil is and he doesn't work at the gas station that's so sweet. It's like it's just so adorable. Everybody like knows each other. What's that like? So, <laughs> Not um, nobody here wants to know anybody else. No, no. 
I mean, I'm I've comfortable re- with that. But I've recently become, I've fallen into a group of transplants. I'm the only local. Yeah, yeah. And I said, they, one of them who's from the Midwest had asked me a question. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, no, thanks. I'm all set. And he goes, yeah, I've come to find out I'm like, I'm all set as a, it really means fuck you from a New Englander. And I was like, it's so true. It's true. I, I mean, mean, yeah. It wasn't it meant can. that way here, but like it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was just like, whoa. And then everyone started ragging on New Englanders. I was like, guys, guys, guys. Like, I am not proud to be from Connecticut. Like, I have no love right. for this state. Like, right. it's fine. Right, right, right. Well, yeah. And Michigan has this thing. They don't say I'm all set. If you, like, bump into somebody, they say, you're okay. I noticed that. <gasps> you're okay. Not, oh, sorry. Or, oh, that's all right. They just say, you're okay. And then also, there's, like, yeah, no, no, Yeah. No, yeah, no. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, the, and all of them mean something different. Like, yeah, no means no. No, yeah means yes. And then, yeah, no. Like, the, there's four of them. And, Bubba, would you be quiet? He's mad He's that I'm no. talking about his mother. Um, but, yeah, so there's all of those. And there's also the sound ope. Mm. Ope. <laughs> and Liz does it all the time. Um, anyway. So the fourth Erickson brother walks up, right? This guy looks like he could be in Marshall's family. He's tall. He's got that dark hair. He's kind of lanky. Um, I noticed something else about him when he was walking. Was it a hitch in his giddy up? It was. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love it. that shucksy doodles ass. Um, apparently he got said hitch from a hockey injury. But don't worry, guys. He just poured some beer on it and it was fine. Go Vikes. Go fucking Vikes. And of course, Robin is just like jizzing her pants. She's like salivating. Yeah. And she says that New York guys are like 10% girl. And then we smash cut, and I love this, to Barney asking for just a sous-son, which is like a soup spoon, guys. A sous-son of, of creme fraiche because too much dairy and he tends to bloat. So that, that to me was another callback to last episode when he was like, find a wood hanger for this, you know? <laughs> he doesn't have what it takes. No. He Simply no, doesn't. He um, also, on the table of the restaurant, it's the same wine glasses as there are in, I believe it's Do I Know You, when, oh, he, really? and Robin, when he and Robin go on the date together. And he like doesn't look at the waitress's big boobs. Huh. They have like I those spots on them. I remember that. I remember the spots and I remember Robin's like gray, white color block dress. Remember she's mm-hmm. like super, super skinny in that? Mm-hmm. Um so there's all that. So we find out that Heather has found an apartment and she wants Ted to co-sign, and we get a fantastic bit. I don't know whose idea this was, but it's it fucks with the way cameras are supposed to work on sitcoms, right? You're supposed to be at a certain distance. Mm-hmm. So we <laughs> think, so true. right? You're like, that's why it's like, what the fuck? It's like, have you watched Fleabag? Oh, yes. So yeah, when the, I gave you my prime pass. Or that's right. Time. That's right. So when when the priest like is like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Oh, yes. It's, it's like that kind of thing where it like breaks your, it kind of breaks the trust, right? A little bit. Yes. Um, yes. It like yes, fucks with yes, you. Yes, yes. So we see Ted, and every time he says some sort of dismissive shit to his sister, Barney leads in and translates what he actually means. He's like, "That's mm-hmm. that means he's not going to do it. Now he's just stating a fact. So Heather's obviously upset. She's like, I really want this career that happens to be in finance, but you don't trust me. 
And Ted's like, you don't know how hard it is to make it in this city. It's like, Ted, what did, where did you struggle is my question. Have you seen your apartment? Like this, he's, like I said, he is hysterical in like the pejorative way that men say it to women in this episode. Like he's like unhinged and I am so glad he gets his comeuppance. Um, And of course, Barney's like, oh, I have connections in finance. I work at GNB, which is like the bank. So Mm -hmm. let's make something happen. So we caught two. The Walleye Saloon, where Robin has gotten a was it the mini burgers, which is actually a giant plate of burgers, and she spots good old uh, FQ, which reminded me of I don't know if it's a real game Fisherman's Quest, but it reminds me of remember the Black Bass on Nintendo? On Nintendo, yes. I found it on YouTube of someone playing it, and the yeah. fucking music brought me back. I mean, it's Bass Pro Shops, isn't it a Bass Pro Shop game? I think so. Wasn't it? And then you pick, like, your lure, and you go to a different mm-hmm. part of the swamp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And you, yep, yep. I just I'm, I just sent you the link of it. Yes. Like, the music will, like, it Fuck was wild. Yeah. I was transported back to my why parents. Why did we have that? Why did we, we had, play that okay, so much? Because, I don't know why we played it so much. We played it <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Way too much. Yeah. For someone who was, like, you and I have, like, no interest in actually oh, no, really we're like, fishing. Yes, best definitely swim in these grassy areas over here. <laughs> <laughs> Just absolute anglers, eight years old. <laughs> oh, the my God. So bass. we had it because there was a video rental store around the corner from where I grew up. Yep. And it went out of business. And my parents <clears throat> bought all the Nintendo games you could rent because my mom had the daycare. Yo, so that's why we had all those awesome. really, really random games. And I also remember being fascinated. There was this other room at the video rental store that had... Uh, saloon style doors. Ooh, was that where the porn and, was? Yes, and I would <laughs> always try to peek, and my dad would yell at me. <laughs> but I That's always wanted to only. see what was in there. I wanted to know what was, you know. Oh my god, I love it. The black bass. Oh yeah, Sorry. I definitely remember our version of Fisherman's Quest. It was great. It was so good. So good. Um, but you know, so Marshall brags because you know he's got the high score, and he mm-hmm. like caught like this super impressive fish, and. You know, Robin tips her angler's cap to him. Yeah. And it's just the little bit of, like, home that she needed. And it's just, it's really nice to see them kind of bond, because you don't see them ever together. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, this is, we never have a Robin Marshall episode. Yeah. It's just so, it's so nice to see them have something in common. And, like, I mean, we see later that Canada and Minnesota aren't the same, but... They're close enough that they can they can enjoy that they I mean they really are very similar but they act like they aren't right right they're 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 similar to each other in the ways that they're different from New York yes like so fishing and football outdoorsy and outdoorsy and stuff yeah enough sports. enough for them to for Box. Robin to feel at home here more than she does in like yes a New York bar yeah that exactly. more that more down home feel. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> back at the restaurant, things are kind of wrapping up, and Ted is horrified to think of Heather and Barney alone because she is so irresponsible that he doesn't even want to. He doesn't want to co-sign the lease. Like he says something about like I wouldn't co-sign. Oh no, it's later. 
Yeah, 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 the library yeah, card. Anyway. So he doesn't want to co-sign the lease, doesn't want them alone. Um, Lily tries to point out that she's she's growing up, but he mm-hmm. just doesn't see it yet, which is true. And like you said, it's hard sometimes to break out of those little boxes that your family <sighs> kind of puts you in. Yeah. And he points out that she was busted for shoplifting eight months ago. And uh, <clears throat> Lily, I just love her. She's like, you know, yeah. a lot of women go through a shoplifting phase, and sometimes... When you get older, you swipe the occasional item because it turns you on in a weird way you can't explain. I just love sexual Lily. Sexual Lily is great. Um, yeah, women steal shit because they're not in control, guys. Let's just be real about it. Oh, okay. That makes so... Oh, God. Have you shoplifted? Yes, girl. Okay, same. We do girl. not condone it. Unless it's from a corporation. Yeah, Walmart. Yeah, Walmart. <laughs> um, well, we figured out... That there were no, if you go to like France, there are no security cameras in the in the grocery store. So when we were students, my friends and I living in France, my friend was a very bad influence on me, but I was happy to go along with it. Lots of herbs for free. It's just exciting because you're fucking. My first, I was my a first kid, score I was a pack money. of gum from Stop and Shop <clears> when I was about five. Ooh, don't get me started on that self-checkout. Don't get Bubble me started yum. on that fucking self-checkout, bitch. <laughs> Bubble yum, bitch. Um, what was I going to say? There was something. Oh, I love that in the background of the walleye, there's just accordion Christmas music playing. Kind of oh, ties yeah. in with the Weird Al reference, I think. Yeah. I just love it. I love it so much. Yep. And fucking Weird Al's Canadian, isn't he? Is Weird he Al is. Canadian? Yeah, so... Um, well, in my mind, he is. So yeah. yes. <laughs> we don't know, guys. Hey, he Siri. Hey, Siri. Is Weird Al Canadian? Is Weird Al Canadian? Okay. I found this on the web for his Weird Al Canadian. He's American, guys. Sorry. We should have known better. Peculiar jock. Oh, duh. He's the... This fucking Canadian. We're morons. Oh, he's from California. That's so weird to me. He seems so Canadian. A suburb of L.A., interesting um oops oh yeah so want to finish up this little bit oh yeah sorry i'm just gonna... looking at the place where weird al grew up <laughs> um yeah so anyway, i love sexual lily but in any mm-hmm. case lily says that she will tag along with heather and just say she's having lunch with marshall and as they're walking out she mentions that and then says, but I'll really be spying on you. And she just like, <sighs> I want to say it was her pregnancy brain, but I forgot. Lily's She's not, not pregnant. Yeah, Lily's Hannigan is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, but it's around the holiday. So it's like, there's a new layer of, we already know Lily is a blurter, but now this is giving her the, the carte blanche to like, just be a complete flapper, flapper Jack. Um, so back at the walleye, Marshall is talking about the 1999 NFC Championship game. Damn. Damn. So every team has some kind of drama like this, right? But Mm -hmm. this one is particularly bad because the Vikings have not, still have not been to a Super Bowl since 1975. And before that, they only went to four and lost all of them. So they have never won a Super Bowl. And in about 50 years of of the game, have only been four times. Chris has a huge Vikings fan uncle. Like, huge. 
huge. Go and it's funny because he's from right side, right outside of Philly. Like, I don't know why hmm. he's not an Eagles fan. <clears throat> Interesting. But he fucking loves the Minnesota Vikings for his, was it his 60th birthday? The family yeah. pitched in and got him. He went out to Minnesota, went out to the stadium and got to see Aww. a game and was like crying. Oh, my they God. They buried their beloved dog in, in the dog's favorite Minnesota Viking fleece blanket. Oh, my fucking God. Like, everything is Minnesota Vikings there. He bleeds purple and gold, would you yes. say? Yes, absolutely. I fucking Close love it. Close veins. I fucking love it. Um, yeah, well, whenever the Vikings are on, I root for them, just because of Marshall Erickson. So. Of course. Just like I vote for the, I, I root for the Canucks because of Robin. Yeah. Never the Browns. Um, oh, never the Browns. Never the Browns. So... So yeah, the kicker I just feel shanked like it's a, it. Like a digestion issue. Yeah, yeah. I've got the Browns. <laughs> what? Um, so the kicker shanked it. Everyone's traumatized. Uh, it was very formative, <laughs> obviously for all the people in this bar. They were growing up when this happened. Um, Robin starts to talk about how excited she is. She found this place because it's just like hockey in Canada. And Marshall shushes her. And I forgot that it was Minnesota against everyone. Not just Minnesota against Canada, because then we see uh, that this bar is not as friendly as she thought as a as a tiny man from Dallas is carried out in the arms of the big burly bartender. Something comforting about that. Yeah, I love that line. Um, So, yeah, they're very protective of their space and their culture. Like they are. I think they're very cognizant of the fact that um, this could very easily be overrun and we have nowhere else. And as we've seen from Marshall, like, that is always going to feel like home to him. It's like Mm -hmm. you said, it's not like Ted. Like, he he's never not going to feel like he belongs in Minnesota. I've I've told Liz she's like a fucking salmon swimming upstream. Like, (laughs) everybody goes back. Like, it's just a thing that we we are not familiar with. So Robin doesn't want to lose this space, even though her kind isn't welcome. So she decides she is now from. Bemidji, Minnesota. Go Vikes! Go Vikes! Go Vikes! I find Robin on this rewatch, like watching it in the series, just so delightful. Like everything about Colby Smulders is delightful. She's so sweet here. I just love her. Right? Like I find her to be so funny and just. Mm -hmm. And she's so vulnerable here too, right? Like she's obviously just missing home, which we don't. We don't really you see never from hear her. that. Yeah, like, yeah, you don't hear her like missing and being sad. Right. Yep. So future Ted tells us that they cut to a few days later. Lily, Ted, and Heather are out walking around. Um, Heather spots a briefcase. It's real fancy, just what she needs for the grown-up job that Ted helpfully points out she doesn't have yet, mm-hmm. and also points out that there is a security guard and security cameras, and it's just something so insufferable about this yeah. and it's grating mm-hmm. that he just sees her as so incapable and she just no matter what she does like yeah. she'll never be good enough you know what i mean it just right like, he just sees her as this one thing mm-hmm. never changing and it just is so upsetting triggering yeah so i was like <laughs> am i projecting here <laughs> no he sucks unless we're both yeah. projecting which is also possible true <laughs> Uh, in the meantime, Ted thanks Lily for keeping an eye on Heather. Yeah. And Heather, because um, he says, like, oh, it looks like Heather handled herself just fine. Fuck you. Yeah, um, right. And Lily gets all uncomfortable the way she does when she's keeping a secret. Something happened. No, it didn't. 
And she finally lets it blab that they slept together. Or at yeah. least they hooked up because she walked in on them getting dressed. Yeah. And you know what? Ted knew it. She's still the same irresponsible train wreck she always was. And Lily begs him not to say anything. Yep. Because Heather made her promise, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, Heather comes back to tell Ted his three favorite words. You were right. You were right. And Ted says, I certainly was. He's so indignant. It's it's so clearly his own shit. Like, I can't even handle it. Um, So... This is a couple days later again, and um, Marshall walks. Oh, what what I were totally you going to say? We forgot to talk about the jerseys that everyone's wearing. Because there's, a, and you first walk into the Wallace Saloon, there's a guy wearing Bays and Thomas jerseys. When you, oh, this yeah. scene, you see Smolders on the guy. Um, oh, yeah. Robin's wearing Good Fryman. Catch. And then Steph, Oh, Fryman, Tatham, that's whatever. right. I missed that Whatever one. the writer's last name, he Tatum, apparently yeah. has one. Yeah, I couldn't find it. Oh, but cool. I saw the others. That's awesome. I do, Yeah, I totally yeah. was not even looking for that. It's, you know, a little Easter egg that I forgot that I knew about. So thank you for bringing that up. Um, so Marshall comes in, and the bar is completely changed. In, in two days, he has lost the bar to Robin. Um, clearly, she goes without him, which is a violation that's his that is his bar. bar don't kill the bar dude and um yeah robin's telling this story that sounds strangely familiar <laughs> and she has the whole bar's attention and she tells it and even ends it with the son like the way that marshall's dad said to him like a tear came down my dad's face he said a part of me just died son and so she's I got wish, her her fucking Fryman Vikes jersey on. I wish she had explained it that like she's a junior. Yeah, right. Because uh, bitch, you are. But maybe that's a little too close to home for her. I know, I know. And I love Marshall just being like, "Great story." So she knows he heard, but she doesn't care. No, she's just so happy to be Get included. Oot. So happy to be included. Get out. So then we get this bit because she's almost found out of. This hilarious Canadian stereotype that I imagine is not actually rooted in anything, right? Like I couldn't find anything. Right. So it's so, I didn't look too hard, but it, so very creative and and well made up because it's just so silly. It's it seems like a very Minnesota thing that would they would have made up. Just like they're trying to be mean, but they just can't because they're just mm-hmm. too sweet, right? Yes. Because ours would be like, they fuck elk, you know? Like, yes. <laughs> a New England stereotype about Canada would not be as friendly. No, um, it would not. So the stereotype is that Canadians are afraid of the dark. Um, and it's so sweet. I love how Marshall, like, giggles about it. Like, yeah, duh. Yeah. Like any other stereotype. Right. And Marshall starts, like, feeling his oats a little bit, right? Like, he's getting a little bit of the power back because mm-hmm. now he has something over Robin and he's also feeling like that rivalry come back that, you know, they feel about Canadians. And he's talking about how, you know, they're right across the border. So, of course, we make fun of each other. And we've talked about that before, how it's the the narcissism of small differences. Like, the closer you are to somebody, the more you mm-hmm. have in common, the more likely you are to be to be rivals. Like, us growing up with the other rich white town. One of the other stereotypes is apparently that Brazilians put on too much postage. Like postage, yeah. <laughs> Clearly another and made Robin up like, one. And Robin looks at him like, the fuck? Yeah. Like, it's just a common, common fact. And Rob Marshall actually tries to convince her to leave. He's like, oh, I totally get it. 
you know, you don't want to be here. These people don't, they, they don't, you know, they don't respect your people. So he thinks that this is like his out to get his bar back mm-hmm. and still be, you know, polite. And you think that she's going to come back and sort of give a speech like she does later. But instead, she tells a fucking scared of the dark joke and she's back back in with she the crew. She nails it. She's like, I love this place. And she's just so light and carefree. Yeah. Because she doesn't know she doesn't know her place exists yet. Yeah. So she's settling for what she can get. Yeah. Poor Robsy Wobsy. Uh, at McLaren's, we have the same strange group of Lily and Ted and Heather and Barney. Oh, right. And Heather and Barney are just laying it on so thick, innuendo after innuendo after innuendo. Lily keeps trying to distract Ted with these coasters, and finally Ted flips. He cannot believe Barney would sleep with his sister, and Heather is ir- immature and irresponsible. She'll always be irresponsible and immature, and he wouldn't co-sign a library card for her, let alone Elise. And when he finally stops to take a fucking breath, Barney and Heather tell Ted that he walked right into their trap, and they decided to do exactly what Ted expected or make it look like that. So knowing Lily would blab, yep. they made it look like they had fooled around. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Heather points out that he's so obsessed with thinking that she is an out-of-control teenager that he misses the fact that she grew up. And yeah. she gets up and she leaves. She decides she's going to find a hotel and she'll come back later for her stuff. So Merry yeah. Christmas. And Lily and Ted look rightfully shamed. Good. Yeah. yeah, and I, this is where I talk about why I think he's like this. Um, and it's sort of like I was saying at the top of the episode that, you know, the people who who keep you in this box, it's it's because they have something to gain from it. And Ted is in a horrible place. He's in a bad place. I mean, he's, he's you know, he got the GMB job, but he's still recovering from the shame. He's still going through a very weird year. And yeah. so he needs to do something where he feels above his sister. And that that's something he's always been able to count on. Right. Like mm. that he's had it more together than his sister. If I was his fucking sister, I would have thrown Stella right in his fucking face. I would have been like, how long were you fucking engaged before you tried to get married to a woman that clearly didn't want to be with you? If we want to oh, talk yeah, about... I would have been nasty. Right? If we want to talk about fucking immaturity... I love being petty. Let's let's get receipts out, right? That's so yeah, that just about, really sucks. That really about sucks. About how you said that, like, um, <clears throat> he benefits from her being in that box. It reminds me of the quote, like, about... Against all like my self help shit. Mm. Um, the people who get mad at you having boundaries are the people who benefited from you having none. Absolutely. You right. know? So yeah. Ted doesn't look like such a mess because Heather is yeah. a hurricane. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So this is his chance to So his blip is okay. Right, exactly. At least he's not Heather. Right, right. And the bit about fucking Ted's mom and Barney at the airport. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Put a pin in that, friends, because that comes back in an excellent way. Yes, it does. One of my favorite Hemium moments. You know, I was thinking that um, Heather and Mrs. Mosby, they kind of look alike. Like, you can see the resemblance in their fake family. Yeah, with Ted, too. That's for sure. Like, it all, like, you can see it. It's so interesting. Well, you know, white people with brown Brown hair. hair. (laughs) They all look alike. So true. Mm-hmm. Um, so Robin has taken over <laughs> Fisherman's Quest as Marshall sits by impotently, I wrote. Um, oh, and as we oof. know, Marshall has the high score. 
and he's about to come uh, crumbling down because Robin uses one fish to catch another fish, which I've never heard of actually happening, but I fucking love it. I love um, it so much. So fucking good. And that is the straw that breaks the camel's back because you don't fuck with Marshall's games. This no. is This is not the last time he will have a high score that he needs to defend at a bar in New York City. So he's pissed and... Before he's able to think, he just screams, she's Canadian! I said he he sounds like a low-pitched tea kettle, like, Canadian! (laughs) She's Canadian! So true. Robin's Canadian! (laughs) And everyone's like, oh, you're just butthurt, man. And he's like, no. Let's try her out. Let's fucking see what she's got. So he asks who the kicker was that shanked the field goal. I want to see if Liz knows this. Liz! Come here, I have a question. She's not from Minnesota, but she loves football, so she might know this. Chris is on a work call, otherwise I'd ask him. I have a question for you about the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. 1999 NFC Championship, where they almost made it to the Super Bowl after 20-something years. Yeah. Someone shanked the field goal. Who was the kicker? I don't know. Oh, I figured she would know. I'm a Detroit Lions I understand who you're a fan of, but you know stats about everybody. No. Gary Anderson. Gary Anderson. Yeah. Where's your phone? I need to call. Why do you need to call on my phone? Because it's Grace. Oh, it's Grace. That's right. Um, you can just tell them the name. The phone. We're calling Chinese food. They think my name is Grace. Um, Aww. It's, yeah. I. I don't. I don't want to correct them. I like that. Um, I think it's so. Sweet. Yeah. She's like Grace. What would you like? I'm like, oh, hey, girl. Um, anyway. Oh so. Oh my god. It's too far sweet. now. It's too late. Right. It's too. Oh, we're way. We're. She thinks I'm. Also straight, because for a while, in the beginning, I was always the one who picked up, like, at the restaurant. And so yeah. she'd be like, oh, husbands, you know, they never, they always stay home. So now I'm Grace with a husband. So, and we're too deep. I we're too deep in. I love alternate personality. Robin doesn't know it was Gary Anderson, just like Liz didn't know. And <laughs> I also, I don't know if this is true, that Gary it Anderson, it's true. Yeah. Gary Anderson owns a fly fishing business in Canada, like just salt in the wound, which is amazing. So out, out she goes. It's called Perfect Season. No, <laughs> this is not real. Is it real? Oh, my God. And the other reason is because Gary's the first kicker in the NFL to have a perfect season, 1998, without missing a single kick. Hey, Gary. Hey, no one cares about that. Hey, Gary. Yep, they moved to Canada in 2004. <clears throat> oh, my fucking God. Poor Gary. It's very... Canmore uh, in Alberta, Canada. It's very uh, laces out, if you will. Very laces very out. Very laces out. Um, very laces out. So... <laughs> So Robin leaves, uh, but she comes back. And now we get the speech from her that I love defending Canada's honor. Um, you know, and she said, we invented trivial pursuit. You're welcome, Earth. Welcome world. Oh, Earth. Yes, that's right. Which Earth, I, not even world. I still say I love that one. And I also love from Moose Jaw to the Bay of Fundy. You can suck down a 24-ounce Pilsner while you watch a coal miner's daughter strip down to her pelt. 
I fucking love her so much. Me um, too. That's what I'm saying. Like she just shines. She's so great. Um, and then she sa- and she says something about like there's no gatekeeping in Canada. We don't care where you're from. Like this fucking place that's like mm-hmm. just too obsessively regional. Um, you know, as, as long, long as, as you can, nice as long as you're nice, you can bum a smoke and share a donut. Donut. And I didn't know Canadians were so amped about donuts until I watched this show. Again. Tim Hortons. Timmy Hose. Timbits. Those Timbits. Um, and she was just like, I wish I was there right now. And it's just so sad. And they're not afraid of the dark. They just, you know, they don't love it. But who does? <laughs> but who does? I love. I said she shines. I yeah. just love her here. Like, we don't. <clears throat> we're not afraid of the dark. I mean, we don't love it. But who yeah. does? He's so good. Um, so good. Oh, one one little thing before you were like, here's this weird group of Lily and Mar- Lily and Barney and Ted, right? And that's so true. Like, I think that's why we don't get a ton of Robin Marshall episodes. Because like, why would those three be hanging out without right. Marshall and and Robin? Like, there are some configurations at work, right? Like Barney and Lily, like gangbusters. Like, they can have a scene anywhere. But, like, you barely even see Marshall and Robin talking to each other Mm -hmm. unless Lily is there. Yeah. So it's just, I love these episodes. I wish there were more of them. But I don't know how they would do that and, like, make sense. And make sense, yeah. It just doesn't make sense. So we'll just have to take the little gems as we get them. Yeah, and appreciate them. That's all we can do. Back at the apartment, we see Heather, who has gone um, to pack up her belongings, and she finds the briefcase inside. Mm. And Todd tells her to open it up and look inside, and then tells her how to open it up because she's struggling. (sighs) And it's the lease with Ted's name on it. Yeah. And because he wants to get to know her, like who she is now as a grown-up. Good job, Ted. And then, yeah, but then also can't help himself and tells her that the neighborhood she's in, she will need a really good deadbolt because he knows best. If she wants to live, which I thought was cute. Then we see Robin sitting on the stoop in her T-shirt in December eating ice cream. Mm -hmm. And up comes uh, Marshall in his T-shirt with his slushie. And they're just sitting together and they're apologizing to each other. And, you know, they both, you know, did stuff that they shouldn't have done and said things they shouldn't have said and you know robin admits that usually she's had a very clear reason to stay and silly robin she doesn't think she has one anymore but marshall Mm -hmm. tells her we would fucking go get you if you moved to canada we would bring you back where you belong like you belong here and i just love the way he says we all love you robin like just so fucking sweet these two Mm-hmm. Um, and Robin's like, yeah, I know. Like, I, I, I am a New Yorker, but I do wish I could be in Canada for like just an hour. And then cue the hoser hut. So good. Such a fucking great locale, an excellent runner. Um, and just some little, little bits, you know, everyone's in a knit cap, jerseys, lots of, uh, taxidermy everywhere. And we've got crash test dummies on the karaoke machine. So good. And Paul Schaefer on the wall. I noticed that. Which yeah. is all, he was David Letterman, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. So the guys wrote for Letterman. Um, but again, put a pin in Paul Schaefer. Just put mm-hmm. a pin in him. Someone else probably put a pin in him, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink. Yeah. So Robin is just fucking beaming. Like, just ear like... Ear to ear. Ear to ear. We, we've, I don't know if I've ever seen her, like, experiencing this much joy, right? Yeah, she's just, like, shines <sighs> from the inside. She's so fucking happy. Um, but she won't know it's home until she bumps into somebody. And this is something I've heard about Canadians, is that if you bump into them, they apologize. It's true. It is true. Chris worked with... Um, I'm sorry. When he was at ESPN, his boss was <clears throat> from Canada. Yeah. Um, and his wife as well. And Aww. that was true. Pete was always apologizing to you. So sweet. So yeah, she bumps into a guy. He apologizes and then offers her a donut on the host. On the host. And so Marshall is is just dazzled. He's dazzled Mm -hmm. by this place. And he feels at home here, right? Because they're not that different. They're not that different. But he does need to fuck with them. So he backs into, quote unquote, but if you watch his face, Marshall absolutely hits that light on purpose. And everybody in the bar fucking screams. And Robin's just like, well, no one likes the dark. So we have found the root of truth in the stereotype. And it's so cute, too. Yep. Just like to see the look on Marshall's face. Yep. He's like, "Mm, he looks delighted. Sure. Yep. We get this extra little scene at the end. Marshall from Ontario <laughs> is next up for karaoke. And Robin didn't even realize he signed up. What are you going to sing? And he says, I think you'll know it. And he gets his revenge in, like, the best way <laughs> and sings, of course, Robin Sparkle's hit song, Let's Go to the Mall, and gets the entire bar to sing along. Just ruins Robin, her like, bar. <laughs> oh, yeah. And just, like, hides her face in shame. Buddy, you can turn off the screen. We know the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> So fucking so good. Oh, I love it so, so much. So damn mm-hmm. good. Um, what's your legendary moment from this episode? I love Robin overall in general, but specifically her late dance and fist pounds. <clears throat> like she was like surprised <laughs> oh, by yeah, it. Like, yeah. I just, I, just that little like detail. Yeah. And just like she really genuinely looks like, oh shit, I'm supposed to do something. Yeah. Always made me a little, but, um, that or Barney's songs. The the holiday anthems? Very yes. nice. Yes. Um, for me, it's, it's this last scene. Yeah. The full circle of singing Let's Go to the Mall in the hoser hut, full of hosers, and Robin just being so... So good. So embarrassed and, and hiding her face. I'm surprised no one recognized her. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's get into these legendary I think you said let's go to the mall. Let's also go to the mall. Today? Ta-da. Our first legendary moment comes from Johnny, who is a patron and our resident Minnesotan. Yay! Go Vikes! Go Vikes. Johnny writes, hey K&K, I really enjoy this episode as I reside in Minnesota. After being here for over five years, I can say what happens at the Walleye Saloon is pretty much (laughs) spot on. People are still bitter about the 1999 NFC Championship game. Being in the craft beverage industry, I am often in bars. You mentioned the Vikings. They will start by saying, let's not talk about the 1999 game. I love it. I love it. Yes, Fisherman's Quest video game is all over the place. The accents are real. We live so far north in Minnesota that we are less than 30 minutes to Canada. Wow. I didn't know FQ was like real, real. I thought it was like a takeoff on... Um, 
like yeah. some other game, some other famous game, but that's amazing. That is amazing. It's like Buck Hunter, I guess. Um, the accents are real. We live so far. More- oh, got there. It's also true that we all make fun of Canadians <gasps> and how they are afraid of the dark. What? The writer Chuck Tatham must have been a resident of Minnesota because this is so spot on. Or maybe just across the border in in uh, Canada. That's wild. That is, it must be a really regional thing. I don't know. Canadians weigh in or Minnesotans weigh in. Yeah, please. That please is so us. funny. My legmo for this episode is when Marshall is talking about stereotypes of people and when he says Brazilians always put on way too much postage. As a Brazilian, I always put on way too much postage because I want to make Johnny. sure that it does not get returned. <gasps> Johnny, Johnny, you are blowing our minds with the Minnesota and Brazil facts tonight. You win. I love the fact that Marshall is always shouting out my motherland. Johnny B. Johnny, you did it. Johnny wins. Uh, Johnny's my second legendary moment because those were fucking amazing truth bombs that I can't get over. All right. Yeah. Next up is Dina, who's another one of our patrons. Hi, K&K. My legend mode time and time again on this show is the alternate uni- universe Canada that Robin is from. I love how Canada is represented on the show. Because some stereotypes, the violent hockey, her accent, even though she's from Vancouver, the copious sorries, are somewhat rooted in reality and exaggerated for laughs. But some are just bonkers made up, like the being afraid of the dark. See, we've got some we've got some discrepancies here and another gag that's coming up later in the season. All right. We won't we won't tell anybody Mm. Uh, the juxtaposition and balance of truths, half truths and straight bat crap (laughs) nonsense makes it so fucking funny to me. Also, I always think how I'd love to go to the Hoser Hut before remembering that I literally live in Toronto and I can just go to any hockey pub around. LOL, I wrote this in a note on my phone months ago before the lockdown, and now that sentence hits different. Oh, well. Oof, God. Also, no one likes the dark. Much love, Hosers. Dina. Yay! Yay. All right, Canadia, weighing in. Carlin's legendary moment is um, Barney's revisions of the Christmas carols and Hanukkah song. Mm -hmm. The holiday season is ruined for Carlin now because uh, I will only sing Barney's versions of those songs. I'm worried about that this year now that it's fresh in my head. Right? The dreidel one always gets me. Yeah, that's what it is. That's the one. Sister. Sister. Yes. So fucking good. With her boobies, I will play. Like, it's just... Yes, it is so, so fucking catchy. That's when I was, like, sold on the songs. Yeah. Although I do also like, and down, down on, on all fours. fours. Yep. And then the sternum punch. Um, all right. So next up is David. And David wrote in via our website, heybeautifulpodcast.com. Um, and David's uh, legendary moments are either Marshall's, she's Canadian, or the weird stereotype of Canadians being afraid of the dark. Also, Brazilians using too much postage. Well, we now have fact about that one. Oh, and fun fact. Robin says that you can enjoy the Canadian strip clubs from Moose Jaw to the Bay of Fundy, but that path actually takes you through Saskatchewan where you can't. (gasps) Interesting. And as a Manitoban, oh my God, we have so many Canadians. This is amazing. And as a Manitoban, I must add that Saskatchewan is terrible. Great. Thank you, David. We appreciate all these professional uh, sources that we're getting tonight. Obsessed. <laughs> this was like so much better than I expected these ledge moments. Right? Because I don't read them before. That's right. And, uh, our next legendary moment comes from Matthew, another one of our patrons. Matthew writes, hey, K&K. 
because I just can't decide, I have a trio of legendary moments for <laughs> Little Minnesota. First, one word, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Second, the return of Let's Go to the Mall, especially because of Robin's embarrassment when the entire hoser hut, including her friends, are singing it. Third, and finally because I am weak and sometimes revert to my 12-year-old boy self, I find Barney's alternative Heather-themed Christmas and Hanukkah carols to be hilarious. I admit they are creepy in context, like most of Barney's character, but for whatever reason, I always find them funny. Thanks for all that you do and for putting out such fun and entertaining podcasts. 75 episodes of Him Yum Reviewed, and I'm still always happy to see a new Hey Beautiful episode pop up. Say beautiful and awesome. Did you say 75? Holy shit. Jesus. Thank you to those of you who count because we don't do that. We don't. Thank um, you. 75. Wow. Wow. And wow, those wow. are pretty much like all my legendary moments too. You got good taste. You got good taste. Um, okay. Next is Tish, who's another one of our patrons. And Tish says, hey, K&K, this entire episode, I love Marshall and Robin's relationship. Good one. Uh, my legendary moment is Barney spinning around in the chair and Ted stopping to ask him if he brought in his own chair. But the best part is that it's a rental. <laughs> Honorable mention to the Hoser Hut. Happy 75th Himium episode. How does everybody just know this? Wow. Damn, girl, we need to start fucking counting. Happy Shit. 75, Caitlin. Happy 75. That's nuts. The 75th episode. What is that? 75, 36%. We're 36% done? Yeah, we're more than a third. More than a third done. We're getting there, guys. We're getting there, guys. I mean, like, technically, like, because there's nine seasons, mm-hmm. but there's 208 episodes. Yeah. Gotcha. Wow. Damn. All right. Sam P. writes into the website. First of all, thanks for making this podcast. I just Aww. found it a couple of weeks ago and have been binging episodes all day at work. Thank you, Sam. We love hearing that because it yeah. helps us, you know? Um, for my legendary moment, I choose Ted telling his sister, who we never see again after a speech about getting to know her, LOL. Yes. <laughs> uh, by the way, in your new neighborhood, you should put a good deadbolt on your door if you want to live. <laughs> Thanks, Sam P. Good one, Sam P. Uh, next up is Sam H., who we haven't heard from in a while, but who is a longtime listener. And um, Sam's legendary moments are Robin's I'm proud to be Canadian speech when she has found out, especially we invented Trivial Pursuit. You're welcome, Earth. Thanks. Uh, stay safe and thanks for keeping up with the podcast. Well, you know, 75 episodes in, apparently. Woo, good for us. That's insane. Yeah. Another one of our patrons, Eric the Pirate, writes in. Mm-hmm. Hello, ladies. My bad in the previous legendary moments. For this <laughs> one, little things I liked were the little clip uh, Marshall had in the beginning about Minnesota being so white. The fact that Lily being unable to keep a secret mm-hmm. was such a prominent theme. Mm-hmm. And the 99 mm-hmm. NFC championship reaction. Schooled every time. But really, my moment is when Ted lets his sister know he co-signed the lease. Aww. I felt like that was a moment of healing for both of them. Best Eric. Oh, that's quite a... Oh, that's good really nice, Good call, Eric. Eric. Good call. Yeah, that was a big step. And just goes yeah. to show, you can get past your preconceived notions about your siblings if they you deserve You have to acknowledge it. them first. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I think he did. He did. Because he got fucking caught. You know, Ted's not like the worst. Like, he's willing to put in the work when it's pointed out, I feel like. Yeah. He just doesn't know. 
Yeah, I mean, I think he needed the embarrassment a little bit, so I'm glad yeah. that they that they taught him that lesson. Um, all right, next up is Luce, who's one of our newer patrons. And Luce says, hey, guys, this episode... Oh, Luce is the one that's from Michigan, and I responded uh, to your email. Um, hey, guys, this episode isn't one of my favorites, but it was definitely worth the rewatch. When rewatching shows, I tend to skip the episodes I, don't, I know don't matter to the plot, and I don't generally like. Yeah, so this is like an evergreen mm-hmm. one. But when I do that too often, I seem to forget the hidden gems scattered in these episodes yep um that being said i can't choose between two of my legendary moments so i'll just say both of them shout out to being a patron and being able to have them both be read out loud that's right uh my first legmo is barney singing about wanting to be with ted's sister uh the song parodies are just so golden and is equally funny as it is gross barney is truly my favorite scumbag My second legmo is everyone at the Minnesota bar getting upset each time the 99 NFC championship game is mentioned. This running joke reminded me of something that I just couldn't quite put my finger on, but then I remembered. Just replace the Vikings. See, this is exactly what I was talking about. Just replace the Vikings with MSU, which is Michigan State, or U of M, University of Michigan, and that's how anyone born in Michigan feels each time Ohio State wins against either team. Absolutely true. Chris is a Penn State fan. He also hates Ohio State. Ohio, everyone hates Ohio State. Liz hates University of Michigan more than anybody I've met, um, but will still be happy if Ohio loses to them. <laughs> she won't actively cheer for, for Michigan, but she will be happy that they beat Ohio State. I love it. Oh, my God. And loose ends with just writing this down makes me feel irrationally angry. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yeah, I get it. I've been around for a lot of uh, college bowls at this point, so I've been I've been indoctrinated. Go green, go white. Lisa D, another one of our patron writes. Hi, ladies. I really hope I didn't miss this deadline. Damn, you did not. You did well not. I love this episode. My legendary moment is the entire concept of the walleye saloon and the hoser hut. As a fellow Midwesterner, I feel very strongly about bonding with others that come from the same place as me. I love me a good dive bar, and both of those resemble some of my favorite up in northern Wisconsin. Robin's mini burgers remind me of the time when I ordered the sampler platter of appetizers, and the bartender brought me the plate after plate of fried goodness. (laughs) Definitely not sample-sized. Honorable mention has to be that Canadians are afraid of the dark. Classic. Have a great week. Oh, so good. That just reminds me of the fact that, like, I think a lot of people who leave the Midwest don't want to, but they kind of have to. Because there aren't a lot of jobs in some places. Like Liz comes from a from a small city in in Michigan, and I mean, I don't think she would have left if there were like more opportunities. So yeah, I think that's a big piece of it, right? Like you you are really homesick because you didn't want to leave in the first place. So just keep that in mind. Um, I feel sad. I know. I know. Um, last up is Jeff, who is one of our new patrons. And Jeff says, hi, K and K. This is a favorite episode of mine. I love that Marshall and eventually Robin both find places where they can feel like they're at home for a little while. I know you are both on the East Coast, so I assume there are not a lot of Vikings fans where you live. As a Bears fan in Illinois, I can confirm that they are still salty about that missed kick. As a newly minted patron, I do want to ask a question of the listeners about bars for sports teams that are from another city. I have heard of a Bears bar in L.A., but that is about it. I wonder if there are actually Vikings bars in New York City. Hmm. I'm not sure. I will put it out on Twitter, though. Um, I hope you and your families are doing well. Best, Jeff. 
Thank you, everybody. These were so good. It was so good to see so many Midwesterners and Canadians yeah. weighing in. That is so freaking cool. It really is. And really. something a little extra. Special. A little Sousson something, you a know? A little Sousson, yes. <laughs> yes. I love it. Um, yes, yeah, so everybody, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sending in your legendary moments. We will see you next time for uh, benefits. So when you send your legendary moment to heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com, don't forget to put in the subject line benefits so that we're able to find mm-hmm. it and read it out loud. And if you loved this recap, be sure to leave us an iTunes review because it helps our HP family to grow. And, you know, we really want to get on that top list of Apple Podcasts. That's the dream. Please leave us a review if you love us. Yeah. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher so you never miss a recap. And we hope you'll come back next episode. Because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gorton and Caitlin Turner. Our intro-outro music is by Owl All. <laughs>